Hallelujah. Amen. Well, in honor of Mother's Day, I'd like to read 52 job titles that a mother holds. You may be seated. On any given day. And I'm not joking. I'm going to read the list. Ready? All right. CEO of the household. So these are the different titles for mom. Yeah, this is the job description. So, you know, some women say, oh, what do you do? I'm a stay-at-home mom. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, just in case. Okay. Or maybe you're a career woman and you're a mom. CEO of the household. Personal chef. Clients may consist of picky eaters. Head cheerleader of, insert your last name, team. <laughs> Housekeeper. Taxi driver, don't Amen. expect to receive any tips. Judge mom, right. daily court appearances. PhD in anger management. Hairstylist, mostly consists of impatient clients who don't leave tips. Bad wedding <laughs> patrol squad. Keeper of secrets. Food tester. Family therapist, intervention at least once a week. Toddler wrestling coach. Errand runner, laundry machine operator, janitor. Teacher spe uh, specializing in either homeschooling and or nursery rhymes, ABCs, one, two, threes. Toy repair expert, uh, fixer of little parts. Finance manager, art director, remember beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Landscraper, the weeds don't pull themselves. Potty trainer, search oh. and rescue for lost toys. Champion tickler, lifeguard, daycare provider, personal assistant for the entire family. No thumb sucking enforcer. Wardrobe stylist, which may consist of changing your client's clothing several times per day. Personal shopper, toothbrush inspector, PTA mom, playdate coordinator, birthday events director, sleep scientist will consist of many overnight studies. Scary monster patrol, dramatic storyteller, backyard safety patrol, professional singer, concentrating on lullabies, boo-boo fixer, fixer, kiss and hugs expert, speech, speech specialist, vacation coordinator and tour guide, PhD in reverse psychology, right. separation anxiety counselor, in-law mediator, <laughs> seamstress of frilly dress and superhero costumes, spiritual advisor, Mrs. Fix-It, driver's ed instructor, fort engineer, family historian, stain removal expert, bodyguard, private investigator and detective, Lady MacGyver, and finally, Chief Intercessor. Amen? Why don't you put your hands together for all the moms in the house one more time. Come on. All right, stand up on your feet. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 15, and a special message called Epic Faith, Overcoming Obstacles. Matthew chapter 15, we are in a series, but I have uh, taken a little bit of a rabbit trail just to honor ladies and bring a special message on this Mother's Day. I'll return to that series uh, this next Sunday. All right, here we go. If you're all there, say amen. All right. Matthew 15, go down to verse 21. You ready? Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman, what kind of woman? Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David. Son of who? Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. Nice. I hate when people do that. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away. For she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord. Wow, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. Gracious Heavenly Father, by the power of your Spirit, I pray and ask that you would anoint to each and every one of us, giving us ears to hear and hearts to respond to your word that is a lamp unto a feet and a light upon our path, that you would touch every person in the sound of my voice, that you would be so gracious, God, to take a coal from your altar, place it upon my lips, that as I preach, as I speak, it would burn faith in the hearts of all those that are here, people who have driven from far distance, as well as those who have come that are near, come, 
Touch us, change us. May we never be the same. Release all that's in your heart on this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you, and uh, they are also available on the app. And when you email those to yourself, they'll actually fill in the blanks for you, which is always fun. The reason we do that is it's been proven for those that take notes, actually have a greater retention of that which is taught. And um, that is uh, very helpful. Let me say this to you. Uh, um, I'd encourage you, if you're a, a God-fearing, loving parent, and you're able to enforce your kids staying off of their games during the time of the preaching of his word, it'll save you very possibly from having a prison ministry. Um, I'm thankful for prison ministry, participate in it. I just don't want any of my kids being in there while I'm ministering to them. And I have found, you say, well, they can't understand those big words you use. No, but they, maybe not. But they'll, they'll learn to understand. And there's something about the power of God and his word that goes forth and doesn't return void. And if, if and I, I have some experience, maybe not as much as others, but over the 20-something years and in these recent 10-plus years that phones have gotten so popular, I've seen families lose their kids because they don't enforce it in a time. I'm only going to preach to you for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. I mean, we can watch a show that's longer than that. Are you, are you rebuking me? Yeah, I'm trying to help you out. I've just seen a lot of destruction even recently. You know, put the phone up. Yeah. Amen. Let, let them hear. It. Let them, you know, drawing, I've found, is better. You know, especially for younger ones. I mean, we've got children's church back there. Sunday night, got a lot of kids. We, they just they play toys and draw but it's amazing when you're drawing you have an ability to hear when you're playing a game it engages your mind and you can't really hear too much all right if you're offended let me pray for you lord help help us all right motherhood is um i wouldn't really know anything about it other than my own observation and being a child of course i have a great mom and um if it wasn't for my mother, I would not be here. And I, I don't mean that. Amen. I, I don't mean that. Of, of course, I, I wouldn't have been born, um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be saved. <laughs> Just got myself. Had to take a big swallow right there. I'm very thankful for my mother. Mothers make all the difference. And before we get into this text, let me just say, when you read through the book of First and Second Kings, you read through the stories about, about uh, these kings who had wicked fathers, but they end up being godly kings. You know, you know why that is? Because their moms served the Lord, that's why. And they put the fear of God into their, their, their kids. And I'm just so grateful for the, the sacrifice of my mother and the sacrifice of my beautiful wife and, uh, and the sacrifice of all the, the moms that do things that... Many times, people don't know anything about it, and um, I'm just so grateful. This woman here comes to Jesus with tremendous, uh, tremendous need. Her daughter is, is demonized and suffers terribly. Now, we don't know what that means, but, but demonization and being demonized and being possessed will cause you to suffer greatly. And, and it's a sad thing. She's, she's at her wit's end, and she comes to Jesus and she overcomes all these obstacles. And I, I want to talk about those obstacles and then teach you about how she overcame. She had what I would call epic faith. God wants to give you epic faith. Faith Epic has to do with nations, that great thing that changed a nation. God wants to give you such faith that you can change nations. We're called to disciple and you will disciple nations. We're called to disciple nations. We're going to need some epic faith to do that. We are. And so this lady had this epic faith that I believe impacted not only her life, but I think it impacted the Canaanites. We don't, we don't know all that took place, but it's amazing what she had to overcome. She overcomes all the obstacles. Anybody else facing obstacles? What are some of the obstacles that she faced? Well, you might not realize it being in the, in the year of 2018, but in the first century, if you were a woman, you, you did not have it all in your favor. You were really considered a slave, chattel. You, you were not counted to be able to vote. You couldn't testify. Being a woman in the first century is, uh, was not a pretty thing. So she had to overcome the fact that she was a female. She had to overcome the fact that she was a woman. They couldn't, they couldn't vote. They couldn't work in the temple. 
You've come a long way. You know why you've come a long way? You've come a long way because of the gospel. Did you know that? And you look at how Jesus and treated women and how the Apostle Paul taught about equality. And it's very, very unusual. That's not like the nations of Islam. Hello? So she overcomes the fact that she's female. She overcomes her race. She's a Gentile. She's a Gentile. She overcomes her race. And there was tremendous prejudice. Tremendous. The Gentiles were, at this time, outside of the covenant of God. In fact, Jesus said, I've come to the lost sheep of Israel. He's, he's not even talking about the Gentiles, although he says in other places, I have people that are like in Ephesians and different places. He's come, he's, he's got other people that are not a, a part of Israel to be grafted in. He's talking about Gentiles. But she had to overcome the fact that this hour she's a, she's a Gentile. Children's bread refers to the benefits that are his kids. So she's outside of that. She's outside of the family. Gentiles were outside the family, but thank God we've been grafted in. But she did have to overcome that. She had to overcome her past. Where on earth do you get that from, Pastor? She's a Canaanite, which means her father was a Canaanite and her mother was a Canaanite. Long line of idol worshipers, long line of pagans. She had to overcome a pagan lifestyle in her home. We don't know why the demonization is upon her daughter, but this precious woman, because of her epic faith, is able to come all, overcome all of these obstacles. And she overcomes silence. I love this. I had to overcome silence. And like, well, let me say this to you. In your walk with God, you're going to have to overcome times when he's silent to you. Because there's times when he's quiet. The teacher is always quiet when the student is taking a test. So if you're finding that, that, that you're not quite hearing the Lord in a certain area, it could be that you're in the middle of a test. I found this, that God uses things in our lives, circumstances to draw us close to him, but also to draw us closer, close to people. Both. You're like, people, 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 yes. Divine appointments for you to become like Jesus. So she overcomes silence because Jesus didn't even answer her. Lord, son of David, have mercy. My daughter's demonized. My daughter's demon-possessed, suffers terribly. Excuse me. I don't think he whistled that tune, but, but he didn't answer her. Ladies, you know what that's like. It's frustrating when your husband doesn't hear you and you're talking to him. Do you know what I'm trying to understand? You understand? Don't you hate that when you ask somebody a question and they're like. It happens occasionally in our family. My wife has some strategies that have helped me. You know, you learn some stuff after you're married for a while. And so there'll be times when she's talking and I hear that beautiful sound of her voice, but I am not understanding anything that she's saying, even though she's talking to me. So she'll, when she sees that blank, faraway look, she says, can you hear me? And usually when she says, can you hear me, on the third time, second or third time, I'm working on it. I'm being sanctified. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? And then I'll be like, huh? And then she'll say, okay. Okay, look at me. And if I look away, she goes, ah, ah. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then, then I can... Listen to what she's saying, hearing and listening, you know. Or she'll say, Pastor. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> My kids sometimes, they'll be talking to me. I'll be out somewhere having visions of the Lord. <laughs> and I'll hear my wife say, your father can't hear you right now. <laughs> Which usually is like, father can't hear me. What? 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 Oh, huh? And then I can, all right. In this case, Pastor Jesus does not listen to anything his, his uh, lady says. So she has to overcome rejection. Let me just tell you that many people have a spirit of rejection. And as a result, they're constantly being offended. Yeah. I, I, don't raise your hand. But do you know people that like on their forehead, they, they, they wear like a, it's almost like a kick me sign they put on their back. You, you remember high school? No, you didn't go to school like that. You know, there's somebody puts kick me on the back and everybody's kicking them through the day just because they have a sign. That, the rejection, a spirit of rejection and a wounded spirit 
it, it's like putting a sign on you. It's just like they get with people that constantly shun them. It's, it, it's a horrible thing. You got to get healed of that. You got to get healed. And listen, the answer to your healing is found in the acceptance that's in Christ. So she, she's rejected by the Lord. But she overcame all of these things. She overcame the fact that she was a woman. She overcame the fact that she was a Gentile, her race. She overcame the fact that she's a Canaanite, her past, long line of idol worshipers. She overcame the fact that she was rejected by the Lord. Silence. And she overcame rejection. Wow. So how did she overcome? She, was over, she overcame by her faith. And the key to that, the key to that is found in Jesus saying, you have great faith. He only commends one other person, and that's the centurion. Amen. Two Gentiles. It's kind of an oxymoron. It's odd that two Gentiles be commended. You'd think it would be a, a Jew, a covenant person that would be commended for their faith. But there's only two that are commended, and they're both Gentiles. The Roman centurion and this precious lady here, this mother here. And she's a picture of what faith can do. Listen, if you have faith, God can move mountains. If you have confident assurance of what you cannot see, Hebrews 11.1, 1, then God can do it for you. If you're, the enemy will work so hard to attack your faith. He'll work so hard to attack your hope. He'll work so hard to undermine you because if you lose your faith, you've lost the battle. So she teaches us about faith. First of all, faith is perseverance. I, I saw a, uh, uh, go, to, go to Luke 18. In Luke 18, uh, we'll talk about just in a moment, but I was at the, uh, on the plane, and I saw a movie about Winston Churchill. And uh, I wouldn't wholly endorse the movie. Uh, you, know, you never know, you know, you're watching, it's PG-13, uh, but PG-13 is like R, and then when you watch it on a movie, uh, on a plane, you know, they cut out some of the stuff, and it's just a lot cleaner. But, but there were aspects of that, and the, and the battle that took place, and the great salvation that was brought about through England uh, bringing all of their vessels to rescue those soldiers at Dunkirk. And it, is an, it, is a, it really was like an insurmountable feat that was able to happen. And, and one of the things Winston Churchill said is, never, never, never give up. Say that with me. Never, never, never give up. Never give up. And uh, Winston Churchill was an unusual man. But he, God, God used him. God used him to rescue and, and to turn the battle. I will tell you something. Things would be a lot different in our world had they lost. And, and if D-Day never took place, you'd be speaking German right now. Hello? You say, well, that's a stretch. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, don't ever give up. When God speaks to you and you have his word, you stand on his word and like it's everything you have and you get in the word and you declare the word and you proclaim the word and everything else has got to change. You, you declare it like that. And in and, and Luke 18, verse 1, and Jesus told his disciples to show the parable, to show them they should always pray and not give up. It goes on to say, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for people, what people thought. And there was a widow in that town that kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, verse 4, he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> Another version says, wear me out. Verse 6. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you that he will see that they get justice and quickly. Oh, this next verse. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now leave that up and listen to, look at the, how this is structured. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly, however, will the son, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Faith on earth, faith is tied irrevocably to prayer in this text. And so you see, if you have faith, then you pray. See, roll it back a verse, please. So... And I tell you, God will bring about his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, day and night, night and day, day and night. Listen, there is a pattern of prayer. Prayer is really, 
to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, praying without ceasing. One of, the, one of the goals we have, one of the visions and dreams that we have here in this church, in fact, our new church building is designed to do it, is to have 24-hour a day, seven day a week, a church that never closes. When I was a kid, churches used to be open. When I was a kid, I mean, that's a while ago, you could go and the churches were not locked. They were open. You could go in and sit down in a pew and pray. And how many of you remember when door, church doors never were locked? They were never locked. Well, they're locked now because people go in and steal stuff and take the candlesticks and curse themselves and do all kinds of stuff, and they've got to lock them now. But wouldn't it be amazing that if at 3 in the morning somebody needed intercession and prayer and you had a burden and you're like, man, I just want to go pray, and you could go to the church, walk in, and there'd be a prayer meeting happening. Not only at three in the morning, but three in the afternoon. Wouldn't that be amazing if we had night and day, day and night prayer? You know why? Because he's worthy. And this text talks about being persistent. She was persistent. Are you persistent? Or have you quit? Some of you quit. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps, bless God, and get back in the game. You can make it. God is not a man that he should lie. He gives his word, and he will accomplish and fulfill his word. He sends forth, and it doesn't return void. You can make it. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Where are you going to go? He alone has the words of eternal life. What are you going to do? You're going to go back to your old, like a dog? Don't do it. There's a victory, there's an epic faith that can change your life and change your, your children and change your family and change your marriage. And this lady haven't had it. I, I want to have this. I do believe I have it. It's growing. Come on, somebody say, I'm growing. I'm never going to quit. Say it. I'll never quit. She perceived, faith is also perceiving. It's not just being persevering, but it's, but it's perceiving. I think it's C.S. Lewis that said this, the thoughts that you think about God are the most important thoughts that you have. Because C.S. Lewis, and, and, and you might realize as well, that what you think about God will determine your destiny. You see, if you have a skewed vision or a skewed perception, if you don't understand who God is really from the scriptures, then you'll live a life that's far beneath your God-given blood-bought right. You'll live beneath who you are as a child of God. If your perception about God is that he put sickness on you to teach you something, then you'll welcome sickness to welcome the teaching of the Lord. But that, in fact, is a lie from the pit of hell, that depression is on you or cancer to teach you humility. Now, God, where would he get it from? No, God doesn't give you disease to teach you stuff. He said, oh, yes, he does. I learned lots of stuff through the disease. No, he works all things together for the good. It's not all things are good. Sickness, disease, poverty. Poverty is not from God. A vow of poverty. That's the stupidest, most religious, idiotic thing. How are you going to help people if you don't have any help yourself? I remember just this past conference, Dr. Morocco, he's born in Calcutta. He talked about when he was six and seven years old, stepping over bodies that he didn't know if they were dead or not. seeing abject poverty everywhere, open sewers in the street, millions of people living in poverty while steaks walk down the street. Cows are steaks. Do you understand? I'm going to eat one in just a little bit. And, and poverty... You could see the passion and the, and the conviction in Dr. Morocco's heart as he was, saying, he was saying, he said, poverty is not of God, poverty is evil. And I've seen it, he said. And I thought, whoa, I've felt that. You've been to a third world country and seen distended bellies? You've seen people starving to death? Don't tell me poverty is a blessing from God. It's a curse from hell. It doesn't give God glory for you not to be able to take care of your needs. Your perception about the Lord will determine how you walk. If you walk beneath God's purpose or if you walk in the blessing. So you better have a clear perception and perspective based on the scriptures. Not based upon how you feel. Not based upon what somebody else said. You've got to study the word. You find God in the word. God, the, the word is 
was with God, the Word was God, the Word, the word is God. So you, you read the Word, how do you know about God? How, how can you know about Him? By reading His Word, that's how you get to learn about His character. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He, he's, 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 he's God. But if you don't understand that He's a good God, then you'll think that maybe He's capricious. Then maybe He wakes up one day and He's irritated, so He's going to backhand you just for fun. Now that's not the Lord of the Bible. She perceived who Jesus was. Do you perceive who he is? And you get that from verse 22. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. That term, son of David, is more than a physical genealogy. It is physical genealogy, but it's more than a physical genealogy. I am the son of John Patrick Bracken and Mary Frances McCall. They got married. They had some children. I'm one of three. Okay. My father's father's name is Joseph. So in my lineage, you could say that, that he's the son of, the son of John or the, he's the, the grandson of Joseph, see. So w- when she says, have mercy on me, Lord, curios, it, it can be translated no other way but Lord as in Lord God, son of David, he's not just referring to the fact that Jesus is in the lineage of David, although it does mean that also. Son of David is a messianic term. It's a, it's a statement where she's saying, I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe that you're the one that's going to die on the, on, on the cross and rise again from the grave. I believe you're the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. I believe that you're the one that you're pierced for, you're, you will be pierced for our transgressions and wounded for our inequity. The chastisement that will bring us peace is going to be, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. In that declaration, she's saying, I believe in you. I believe you're him. It's really a statement of salvation. I mean, really, she's like getting saved in that declaration. Of course, his death hadn't come yet, so don't stretch that too far. But it's a profound thing. She perceived who Jesus was. Wow. He's God. And she understood the parable. He 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 gives a parable. He says, I've come for the lost sheep of Israel. And you'll see this as he's referencing Old Testament Ezekiel and other places that that God would send the good shepherd and he would go and he would bring the lost sheep of Israel. But in other places, he's talking about Gentiles. Here, he's basically saying, it's not time for you. And yet her response, and he's talking about covenant. I've come for the lost sheep of Israel. He talks about the master's table, children's bread. Wow. She understood the parable. And that's why she's able to say, yeah, but dogs eat crumbs from the master's table. And I just want a crumb. Now, here's here's what, what gets me. What she refers to as a crumb is a mighty deliverance for her daughter. It's just a crumb. It's not a Philly cheesesteak, you understand. It's not a giant T-bone with mashed potatoes, brown gravy, gravy. Smothered would be the southern word. I think all things smothered in gravy are good. We better hurry up and close. Black-eyed peas. Ham hocks. Collard greens. This is just a crumb. It's just a crumb. It's not a sandwich. I just want a crumb. That's what the mighty deliverance that you're seeking, it really is just a crumb. That's all. God can, come on. He causes, at his word, universes spin off and there's planets and stuff. We haven't even figured half of it out yet. My, my, my. She knew that God was good. She humbled herself. She bowed down. It's the great paradox of Christianity. Humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself, you're fixing to be humbled. Because he loves you. (laughs) Those whom the Lord loves, he beats the hell out of. In another version, how many of you have any hell in you? It'd be good if the Lord got it out. Amen. Don't be all offended. You said some other four-letter words that nobody knows about when you smashed your thumb last week. You're looking at me. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you guys settle down over here. What's going on? Those who the Lord loves, he chastises. 
you know, the, the training and the discipline of the Lord, it's a, it's a good thing. And her, her faith releases God's power. She humbled herself. Faith releases God's power. You know, Satan, the world, the flesh, those are the enemy. Through her faith, she released God's power. Wow. And, and, and the other thing I can't get away from, turn to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 5, and this will be the last scripture. Maybe. So her daughter's healed severely. She's demon-possessed and suffers terribly. And we don't know what that is, but she was healed that moment because of her faith, right? I believe that she went to go, I don't know where the daughter was, but I think she went and found her in her right mind, and I think they began to weep and cry. And then she said it was the Messiah. Jesus of Nazareth came. And he spoke the word. He called me a dog first, but I, I understand that. And, 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 and you got healed and delivered because, because God brought it to us. We're, let's worship and serve him. Let's follow Jesus. I think they began to just follow after him. I mean, why wouldn't you? Right? And I, and I think as time went on that that daughter probably got married. And, and I think that she probably had kids. And I think they would tell the story about how long ago she was demonized. But Jesus, the Lord, the son of David, came because a mother contended. Or you could put a father in there too, because a father, because a mother, because a people contended to believe for the delivering power of God. By faith, she was able to persevere and not quit. By faith, she was able to overcome her race, she was able to overcome her past. She was able to overcome offense. She was able to overcome rejection by faith. She was able to overcome and continue. She, she understood the parable. She understood that God is good and the devil's a liar and that God would bless her if she would contend. She understood that she was outside of covenant and that what might not be her time could become her time if she would just press in and declare the goodness of God. Faith brought deliverance for her family. And I believe what she left for her daughter and what I believe if her daughter got married and had kids that their daughter left, that maybe goes on even to today. We don't know the family. But it's an inheritance. When I was younger, I, I thought about inheritance as money. I certainly don't want my family or my parents to pass so that I could get money. I'll, I'll, I'll take my parents instead. I, I, don't, I don't care about that. You know, it's nice, though, right? But you'd rather have your parents. And I have in my younger years thought about, you know, inheritance and stuff like that. But I realize in my life now as I'm... Um, 50, almost, how old am I? 50 something. That the greatest inheritance that I can receive is the inheritance of faith. You're giving that to me. I'm receiving that. I mean, you're not going anywhere. But, but I understand this, this scripture what, what are you leaving behind, by the way, for your, as an inheritance? What's, what's, the, what's the heritage you leave behind? Oh, it's beyond the antique desk or the bed. It's beyond, it's beyond the, you know, the stock portfolio. It's far beyond that. If that's all you leave, that stuff will burn. No, no. 2 Timothy 1.5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. There's a heritage, an inheritance of faith that we need to leave to this next generation. That's why you need to get them off of their, their, their devices, to listen, to hear, to impart. Tell the stories about how God saved you, how God healed you, how God delivered you, how you were on your last thread and God came. 
That thread was a threefold cord, not easily broken. God came, you made agreement, you stood, and He healed, and He delivered, He provided. Tell the stories about how you were lost or you were hurting and how He healed your marriage, how He saved your granddad or your grandpa, how He intervened and brought the healing. Tell stories, testify. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. All you women in Zion, you need to tell the next generation. All you men of God, you need to tell the next generation. Those of you that are older in this house, don't you ride off into the sunset. We need you. We need you to speak, declare, proclaim. You have wisdom that a younger generation knows nothing about, but they need to hear it from you. They need to hear it. And you need to tell your kid, they don't want to listen. Well, you grab them by the ear, bless God, and you tell them. With love, of course. I want to leave an inheritance. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, a few moments that remain in their service today, if you're not right with God, I implore you, I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled. You must be born again. If you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, won't you receive Him today? Repent of your sin. Make Him your Lord. Make Him your Savior. Ask Him into your heart. Ask Him into your life. If that's you, you want to do that for the first time or you want to recommit because you're not as on fire as you used to be. You drifted. You want to come home today. Or maybe you just want to be sure because the devil lies to you and you don't know if you're saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. Now lift your hand right now. You say, that's me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. See that hand. God bless you. Would you all stand up on your feet? And if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to get right with God first time or in recommitment, I don't want to embarrass you, but I do know that, that God's word says, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me, I will deny you. So my theory based on that scripture is if when I invite you to come up front, you can't do that, and it's going to be very hard for you to live for God out there. So it's just a, a challenge. Come on, have some boldness. You're serious. You want to get right with God. You want to live for the Lord. First time recommitment or you just want to be sure as soon as Minister Micah begins to sing, come join me right here. We're going to pray. Come on. Lord, I come on, meet me right here. Heart, I give you my soul. I live for you. I live for you Every moment I'm away. Come on, come. If you raise your hand, you're serious. You want to get right with God. Come on. Lord, come on. Me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Pray this prayer right out loud with me today. Just right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands? It's just a sign of surrender. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill, that you would touch, and that you would bless. That you'd pour out your spirit on these. There are times when the Lord gives me insight for people, and I have a word for you. The transformation in your life is beyond anything you could possibly imagine. I'm working behind the scenes, and that which is impossible with man is possible with God. Well, I've heard your cry, and I've seen your tears. I've held you and walked with you. I spared you many times over and over from the hand of the fowler, from sudden accidents and tragedy. It's been like your heart has been so shredded that it's almost like impossible in your mind that you would ever feel joy and hope and, the, and love and peace again. 
The enemies come even as, as, as a tormentor at times at night, but the night tor torments are over. You will sleep this night with the rest of what I call the sleep of the just. And I'm going to work everything after the counsel of my will. You give yourself to me fully. Cut all cords and all ties with the enemy. End all ties and, and covenants and with those that are not in agreement with my word and those that love me. You don't need them. Push them aside. There's a, a, you're a tremendously hard worker. I mean, you can outwork people. You have strength and, and a work ethic. But God is going to help you. And there's restoration, restoration, restoration. There's some concerns over some physical things, even in your body, but the Lord says, I'm healing you now. There's some ir irregularity, even like in your heart, that, that maybe nobody knows about, but you've been concerned at times about that. Put your hand on your heart. There you go. And the Lord is healing that heart right now. I break the assignment of death off in the name of Jesus I speak life fire Holy Ghost. fire freedom come on begin to pray in the spirit Holy Ghost come on sing it minister Micah come on let the power of the Holy Ghost come. fire 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 can't have her. She belongs to God. That's it. Peace like a river. Oh! Come on! Lift your voice. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but with everything that's within you. Sing to the Lord. Ushers, go ahead and serve communion. Thank you. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Hannah, would you take a microphone, please? Come on, right up and sing with us. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood, yes. Nothing but the blood Oh, the blood of the blood. 
follow through on, on the agreement and the, the contract, if you will. And I see the Lord bringing a, a restitution. Um, I, I see God bringing a, 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 not only a healing, but a, a restoration that, that was lost because of broken agreement. And I've given you, mm, I've given you tremendous authority as, as a couple uh, in prayer. And the authority that I've given you is beyond what you even know and operate in, although you operate in great authority. And I see you beginning to point your finger and declare and proclaim the will of the Lord over some situations that have been stuck. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's just this unmovable thing. But the Lord wants you to know, would you just take hands? I know you're all holding communion and stuff. I don't know how you do that. There, that'll work. Don't squeeze too tight. You'll crush that cracker. <laughs> but I see, I see a greater agreement in prayer in seeing you in, our, in your home. I see you like at a breakfast table with the word of the Lord open there. And I see you agreeing in a way that's deeper and broader than you have before. There's been disappointment and some things, some arrows that have been fired at you, but that thing that's been stuck, that mountain that hasn't moved, is going to move now. Lord, release your power, your fire, and agreement. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. Put ten thousand plus to flight and bless them in their home. Bless them. Bless them. Give them wisdom. Resources. Wisdom and resources. Investments. Things like that. Give them wisdom, God. And restoration of that which is stolen. And we speak to that mountain. And we say, mountain, move. In Jesus' name. Amen. Has everybody been served? Very good. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, here we service too. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. In the likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So here's what we're about to do. We're remembering. This covenant act is an act of remembering what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He took your sin and mine. He died on a cross, right? Right. Rose again from the grave. He also took all of your sin. He also took, pardon me, all of your sickness. Sickness, disease, poverty. He, he became poor that we might become rich, the, the, the verses say. So by his stripes, you are healed. We're declaring his stripes, the 39 lashes upon his, upon his body, which are be, not, not like... They're, they're, they're lashes that pull skin off. It's gruesome. I can't describe to you everything of what that is because it's gruesome. 39 root causes of diseases are found, they say, in the blood. 
He's whipped 39 times and the scripture says by his stripes we're healed. His blood, wow, his blood shed for you and me. For without the, the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. The blood, it's, it's, it's sacred. So we're declaring his death, his resurrection, our salvation. We're declaring that by his stripes we're healed. Do you know what else we're declaring? We're remembering, we're remembering that he's coming back. He's coming back for his church. Come on. Now just examine your life, Lord. Forgive us for where we've fallen short of where we've grieved you, where we hurt you maybe. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life perhaps. God, wash us and cleanse us. We declare that we're healed by your stripes. We declare that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life because of what you did on the cross, your death, your resurrection. We proclaim it today and we proclaim Maranatha that you are coming back for your spotless bride and we rejoice and we give you praise and we say even so come Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's eat and drink together. Oh, come on somebody say hallelujah. Oh, the curse is broken. Would you begin to pass your cups or the shards there ushers would you help us to pick those up thank you so much I hope you received something from the Lord on this Mother's Day service is over I'm going to pray a blessing over you the last thing that Jesus did was he lifted his hands and he blessed he blessed his disciples blessing is real we're going to bless you you go and have a wonderful time I hope you have a wonderful time brunching or hanging out with mom or blessing your mom you be sure to do the honor your mom and dad amen and we'll hope to see you tonight service at six o'clock going to be great probably a little bit of a shorter service tonight but we'll be here worshiping and having a great time i'll be preaching to you don't miss wednesday night holy ghost night and remember victory sunday next sunday god bless you and bless you father thank you for what you've done today bless your people cause your face to shine upon us lift up your countenance towards us lord be gracious to us keep us and give us peace in jesus name amen god bless you